This podcast is presented by Steak Sauce Media. Grab a joint, drop the veil, and cruise the multiverse with the Chronic Gals. Let me tell you a little something about the Chronic Gals. Just two best buds and their very best pals. Talking about cannabis, that good, that tree. So grab a joint and just fuck with me. Hey! Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Chronic Gals Podcast. That was fun. Um, We have a really awesome interview for you with Dr. Pepper Hernandez. She's this amazing lady. Uh, She's a naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, a cannabis therapy consultant, and she has this amazing history with cannabis, with working with it, and we just like want to get into it with her. So we're going to hop right in. Make sure you stick around at the end for our far, what are we saying? Far pot thought. Pot thought. For our pot thoughts. Hi, Riley. Sorry, hi. I didn't no. even let you say hi. I forgot to say hi, honestly. <laughs> hi, everybody. Um, yeah, so stay tuned after our interview for our pot thoughts. See, See you on there. the other side. <laughs> we're clearly rusty. <laughs> Everybody, welcome Dr. Pepper Hernandez. She is a naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and a cannabis therapy consultant, and our new friend. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. This is going to be so fun. I know. We were just talking right before we started recording about how, like, cool you are (laughs) like just I mean even those three points in your bio you're a naturopath so you have a whole different view on medicine than the mainstream view a transpersonal psychologist wait what and then a cannabis therapy consultant like that is a job that exists now so we're super excited to talk to you and to dive into everything that you do not only that but you have a podcast and you also are a van lifer which we're gonna have to talk about that too because we're We're trying to do that nomadic thing this is kind of the next step in our journey Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of stuff to talk about oh wow we do have a lot to talk about and I'm here for it yeah (laughs) um so can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself so we'll just start with the things that you mentioned because there are a list um along as my arm of credentials that I've kind of accumulated over the last few decades uh, but thank you. Well, I, I'm not married. I don't have any children. So I have two doctorates instead. Um, but, Damn, <laughs> well, anyone who's been through that type of education understands what I mean. Like that just is a lot of dedication, a lot of time. Uh, but really it was just curiosity and kind of just gathering information on my own, which was, I think the best way to do something is to see what you're curious about and go out and find who's teaching that um, rather rather than being, you know, and there's nothing wrong with um, other types of education either. Obviously I had my undergrads in a, I was a science and mathematics teacher. So I was university, public university trained. um, So I followed those things, but I found myself really not enjoying every class that I took. And it was a lot of money and a lot of time in my twenties So I, in my thirties jumped out and I guess late twenties, I started jumping out and looking for schools and universities that were teaching the things that I wanted to learn. And there are tons of herbalists and things like that, but I wanted like actual book work because I did come from a university setting. 
And so I got my first doctorate in naturopathic medicine. I, um, in between the, the schooling uh, for education, I was a teacher and put myself back through school with the help of my family, thank goodness. And um, yeah, just jumped into naturopathic medicine realized that that was really my jam because I was a vegetarian from the age of 13. And then I was a raw foodist at like the age of 25. And it was easy because I lived in Hawaii at the time. Um, (laughs) So much good fruit. (laughs) It was was right there. So it was really easy to transition. I was pretty much already doing it. But naturopathic medicine is just helping people kind of, in my view, is helping people uh, baby step off of any kind of synthetics that they may be prone to taking. Um, because most of the time, an allopathic physician, now not all the time, but most of the time, the allopathic physician's response is, you will be taking this for an undetermined amount of time. And that was happening with me and my physical body. And um, I just decided that's not really the direction that I wanted to go. And there had to be something else in an educational setting way. So I became a naturopath and helped people kind of just open the door, open their eyes to things that could help them in the nutritional realm. And then it slowly turned into helping people with their uh, prescribing physician as the primary, but with their prescribing physician, helping them kind of baby step off of their synthetics and have a whole new lease on life through food and supplementation. And then quickly jumped into cannabis world. That's so cool. I love that. (laughs) Did you find that when you worked with allopathic doctors, did you find that relationship to be, how did you find that relationship to be? Because like in my head, in the past, uh, more mainstream doctors kind of the, the viewpoint is that they don't really think a, a lot of naturopathic medicine. They don't understand, maybe it's just because they don't understand it. And so they talk down to, on it. Hmm. What was your relationship for, with, in, you know, with that in mind? That's interesting. And maybe it's um, places in the world, maybe it's places in different communities, but I was lucky enough to have, and I've had a thriving private practice in Northern California for the last decade and have had zero problems working with primary care MD allopathic physicians around the world. Like I've just happened. Um, and maybe it's just because I vibrate and I, um, resonate with a particular client and that person's already working with a functional medicine physician or someone who's super open-minded already. So maybe that's a little bit easier of a pathway for me, but yeah, I haven't had that trouble. Thank goodness. I haven't had that trouble. Awesome. Well then, um, you moved into, uh, cannabis therapy, um, is kind of where your next pivot sounds like you made, what was that journey? Like why, you know, how did cannabis come into your medical purview? Oh my goodness. We have to have a whole hour just for that. (laughs) Um, but I guess prior to the cannabis, um, I went back to get a transpersonal psychology degree because the um, area that I was in uh, offered that, and I had never heard of anyone else offering it. And I thought this is perfect because this is exactly yes. So in base is basics really. Um, transpersonal psychology is the mind believes certain things and it creates those diseases, discomfort within the body. 
And so this is the science or the psychology around that. So we study a lot on chakras, energy work. Um, I mean, you name it, like everything in that realm, especially like going back even into theology and ancient medicines and oh. wisdoms and things like that. I know. I'm if I get enough, That's so I cool. <laughs> if I get another doctor, it's going to be in thio- theology, but I'm in wait. Um, oh or neurology, but whatever. I'm going to wait for a minute because I have some things to do. Yeah. Um, but that's, it just fascinated me because I had already felt that way. I thought that way I was coming from the nutritionist sector and a naturopath is so much more than, um, a nutritionist, you know, I want to give credit where they are. Um, naturopathic medicine is really dialed into body systems. And so past that one step would be the energetics of the body systems. So for example, this is just throwing this out there. It's if you know a lot about chakras, here you go. If you have something going on, and I'll just take with the patient that I was working with this morning. I'll just take that one, for example. Um, if you have someone who's having a lot of issues here in the heart sector, which is a heart chakra, we want to look at that in multiple ways. We want to physically really look at that. We want to call an MD. We want to get um, x-ray orders. We want to do all of those things. We also want to make sure they're doing the right supplementation, supplementation, Hawthorne berries, so on and so on. And I'm not going to give specifics because I don't want anybody to jump on that because everybody's different. Magnesium, so on and so on. That would be the naturopathic realm. Now, the transpersonal psychology realm comes in by saying, let's go deeper than that. And what's been going on in your reality the last year? This person was going through a breakup, a very harsh breakup, one, a long-term relationship heart sector again. Mm -hmm. So what I like to think of is everything's energetic and then it's manifested physically. So as long as we can catch it in those beginning stages, she was just having issues. She'd only had issues for a few months. No, not to, not to uh, say that those issues weren't really harsh for her, but for me, that's a good sign. I'm like, okay, we we're catching it, you know, Mm -hmm. right at the nipping it. Um, So then we would go into heart chakra things and look at that and understand from a transpersonal psychology point, like why the body is creating that dis-ease, disillment, or discomfort within the vessel in comparison to the energetic piece, if that makes, is is that helpful? Yes. Okay. You are so cool. Yeah. I, so I was a psych major in college and my, I went to a public school I don't know, whatever. Schooling is schooling. But (laughs) if I had known that transpersonal psychology was a thing, I would have like probably stuck with it more because this is so fascinating. And I think this is why I'm so interested in psychology and how everybody operates because psychology, when I was learning it was like, this is what a white man says we are all supposed to operate on. And if you divert from this line, then you are an outlier and you need to, something's wrong with you. And so you need to get help. And then what I learned in school was the only help that you, that there was the option for was therapy or medication. And like this transpersonal psychology just makes so much more sense on how to 
talk to the person as like a whole and not just oh you're a per you're a no one with a problem and now you just have to get on this list to do this other thing oh i just now i'm like okay now i need to know how to get a transpersonal now i'm just like want to go back i will tell school. you yeah please <laughs> i'll tell you well so it's a holistic piece, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's the one piece, the holistic portion that is needed to look at the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional vessel. Because if you don't take care of one of those pieces, that illness, disease, or discomfort is going to creep back up. Our bodies mm -hmm. are not our enemies. They are our best friends and they are our indication that something is out of alignment, that something has gone wrong. So when we look at it and when we come to it from this wide angle you know, mm -hmm. we can really dial in very quickly and heal in such a way that will take them, that person, you know, the patient, the client into the next world for themselves. Mm -hmm. They'll elevate into this next place. And that's, um, it's a really powerful thing when you recognize, oh, I have to look at all of these things. Some people it's frightening, but for me, I love it. I love getting a new person to work with. I love hearing their story. I love being like, this is so easy. Let's do this. I, I get super <laughs> jazzed about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's really frightening to other people because they don't know. And now don't get me wrong. I don't have the answers for every single thing, but I have a network and a team of professionals in the cannabis world, as well as in the medical world that I can rely on and refer out to at any point in time. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful for the team that I work with, because not only is it holistic body systems, it's a holistic world and wellness too. Um, the transpersonal psychology, getting back to your question for a moment though, look into more metaphysical science type okay, things cool. and, and I'll help you with that. Uh, you know, we'll take time after the show if you want. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah. This is so interesting. Cause I was always like, Oh, psychology. I'm just interested in how like people operate and I've taken psychedelics before. And so I was like, if I, there was ever a route within the psychology realm, it would be like psychedelic psychology. But now this whole transpersonal psychology, I'm like, no, this all makes sense. And I would love to it can all go together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hand in hand. And that's mm -hmm. totally where we're seeing it. I feel like that's where it's going. It's hand in hand with a psychedelic or you did an entheogen. Yes. An entheogen series. Yeah. Series. Yeah. On your podcast. And I was, I'm going to go back and listen to all of that because it's just, I just love all learning about all of that stuff too. So I remember the first time I took psychedelics, I like came down and afterwards, after I thought about, it, I was like, I could help people do this. Like I could walk with people on this path and help them see, like the first time I ever did psychedelics, it was acid. And there was like a whole bunch of us in this house doing acid together. And I was very much like, I'm going to sit in the garage with the chalk and color on the ground. And we're going to listen to Jimi Hendrix and the doors. And we're just going to like vibe. And that's all that's going to happen in this garage. <clears throat> Anytime anybody came into the garage, they would be like, whoa, this is like a peaceful place. Like, this is a cool place to be. But every time you left the garage, it was like madness and chaos was ensuing because there was like 10 people on acid running around, running around this house. But whenever you came into the garage, it was like a peaceful place where you could sit and like, I had these in-depth conversations with more than one person about some crazy thing in their life. And afterwards I was like, wow, I could be like a mushroom guide. You know, I could be mushroom mama. a mushroom mama, <laughs> like a baby, you know, the, the trip mm -hmm. sitter yeah. and help people go through this experience. And that would be such an amazing way to like give back help to people. people. Mm -hmm. 
And so I love that. A facilitator. There are facilitators who go and they train and they work with the medicine and then they help people through experiences. That is a real live job that you can really offer to a community and a world. And with more and more steps towards legalization or even open-mindedness around psychedelics um, or entheogens, we need people like that. We need people like that because I do a lot of, I don't do it much anymore, but I used to do, I kind of got the name for doing the aftercare because what people would do is they would go and, oh, they wanted to have a good time in, you know, wherever, like they go to a foreign country and they're like, oh, we're going to do this for the weekend. And then we're going to come back and everything's going to be fine. That didn't happen. (laughs) You come back to your life, whether it's in LA or New York or the middle of America, it doesn't matter. You have to transition back with the knowledge that you can, you went intergalactic, right? And now you're coming back and trying to go to work, driving your car. Like what? Like that doesn't, it doesn't make sense anymore. So there are people that need that aftercare. And I was working with people who, um, and now everyone's different, but I was working with a man who w- had um, done ayahuasca and had a really, really intense experience. Just went down to Malibu for the weekend. Just came back up north. It's going to get back to work on Monday. <laughs> uh, two years later, oh we my. were still integrating all of the lessons oh and God. his life had completely changed. Luckily, he's like, you know, a fabulous human and he just like bounced right through it all. But you know, it, it took two yeah. years. Ayahuasca so, is a big medicine. Like that's a big yeah. spirit you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I mean, even any entheogens, mm-hmm. anything um, cannabis can even get really, really big too. Cannabis is sweet. And, yes. You know, can be gentle with you too, but, but it can be ooh. tough also. Yeah. yeah. It's about knowing your body system and knowing which particular, uh, what I call cannabis fingerprint, which particular terpenes, cannabinoids work best with your body system. And then also your dosage method. And if you're doing whole plant form, if you're doing isolates, which I don't, I don't suggest anything that's um, in that realm. And we could talk about that if you want and why I choose it, but I'm a super local indoor or outdoor, excuse me, grow pro human, where I think finding the right terpenes and the cannabinoid structure really works with the body system. And I've been doing that for almost a decade, dialing in in the science world there. And you'd asked me earlier in the hour, we've gotten far away from that, but I'm so excited about what we've been talking about. Um, You'd asked me how I got into cannabis and I'm more than happy and prepared to share that with you if you'd like. Let's do it. Yes, please. Okay. So, um, do you know about Humboldt County? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I have to ask that when I travel (laughs) the world, because I thought everybody knew who we were. And then tell us a little bit, um, for anybody who doesn't know about Humboldt. Sure. So Humboldt County, um, you know, just, just to share in, in short, in quickness, um, the whole like 60s movement that happened down in SF and people were moving on and doing all these things that we're talking about, mind expansion, all this fun stuff. They were kind of being pushed out of SF or San Francisco at a certain point in time. And so they moved up into the hills of Humboldt. And this was three, four generations ago. 
or, or since uh, decades ago, but three, maybe two or three generations of farmers ago, they moved up and they started, you know, communes and like enjoying life and, you know, doing like a oh, hashtag. My goal is, is to be, <laughs> be a hippie again. And, yes. um, you know, and they started doing all that and then growing really, and I'm telling the story, you know, lightly. So anyone, you know, can, can share to the story, but this is what I've gathered from, from our locals here that uh, they started growing cannabis because they could grow cannabis. And it was a great area to grow cannabis up in the hills. The, um, the land there, the soil, the, the seasons, all that was perfect. So um, after, and this is obviously le- illegal, legacy farming, you know, and um, after about three decades of doing that, you get some of the best weed in the world. Right. And so that's Humboldt County. And um, they we I mean, we think we grow the very best weed ever. And I have been all over and I can honestly tell you, I think that we're right. Um, There are some people that are very comparable, very comparable. But when we talk about badass outdoor, full sun, organic, support your local farmers, there's no other community that's like that. I hope more communities become like that um, and take a lead from that. But I have been able to grow. I don't know if I should tell everybody. I've been a (laughs) grower for quite a long time. And um, so about, I don't know, uh, over a decade now, I moved to Humboldt County. Didn't know anything about Humboldt County. Actually, I just, the universe just plop took me there. I had this whole other plan. I had just finished uh, medical school and I was going to travel and then take two years off as a sabbatical. Like do all the, I didn't know how I was going to do that, but that was my plan. And um, then I found myself on the coast in the redwoods of Northern California, sitting on the ocean and just crying because of the beauty. And I knew right then, I'm going to get emotional. I knew right then that I needed to stay but I didn't know for how long. I thought a couple months. I was very, being very nomadic. I thought a couple months, 10 years later, 12, <laughs> almost 12 years later, here I, you know, here I am. But I didn't know where the universe had dropped me off. I had no idea about the culture. I didn't know the history. I didn't understand. But I soon, I soon became very involved in everything cannabis obviously because everyone is paying with cash that smells like cannabis at this time <laughs> a decade yeah. ago it's yeah. it's different than it is now um but it was the good times you know and and people who were from 20 years ago or 30 years ago they say that was the good times too so yeah. it's always been good there but um you know it was just an amazing opportunity for me to get firsthand knowledge from people who've been growing it for as long as they could remember and eating it and, and utilizing it. So I learned a lot um, in my community from people. And I started the Cannabis Holistic Institute because of it and bringing speakers in to educate the community even more and bringing it more to the forefront. And um, luckily, I was in a place I had um, developed what they said was a cancer scare. And I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. So I walked away and said, thank you very much. And did something that I do not suggest anyone else to do without proper guidance and tons of help. Um, 
I just started juicing cannabis. I went up to my brother's farm. I just started leafing. He would pay me to leaf. And I said, no, I don't need to be paid to leaf. I just want to get the juice. So I would do that. And I would ask all my friends who are farmers, organic farmers, to please let me have their leaves so I could juice them and freeze them for the winter. Because I was going to put myself on a four cubes a day regiment for a year. I could always go back. I could go back and see what they said, but they're uh, the allopathic physicians. As I went to three different ones, getting hopefully hoping to get a different response. They were on the same team. Totally fine. They were my friends. So it was fine. Um, but they were scaring me. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to just wait. Just don't talk to me for a little while. Let me do this. And so I did. And needless to say, everything's fine. I've never had to go um, on any kind of chemo or radiation or anything. And thanks to cannabis, it, it really healed a lot of things that I didn't even know was wrong. Um, you know, hormones and balanced my hormones did a lot of things for me. So the universe you, was smart. You were using cannabis leaves and juicing them. You were not yeah, taking just like juicing. RSO or smoking it. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and like why it's different than what we normally think of when we, when you're using cannabis? Well, for me, it, it was a, it was more of a necessity because I couldn't do RSO. I was a full-time physician. I was also teaching a lot of classes and there was no way I could handle not knowing from day to day what type of RSO I was consuming. You have to remember this was like six years ago. It was before the CBD fad, you know? And so I had to just depend on the farmers to bring me whatever they had. And we didn't have the idea of solventless. I mean, there was obviously ice water hash, that's super old school bubble hash. There was all Mm -hmm. that, but I couldn't take that and not know what I was, I mean, I tried, believe me, I tried for a little (laughs) while and then I was like, whoa, I had to cancel too many appointments. I had to do too many things. And I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I've got to find a different way. And I was a big juicer anyways. I was a raw foodist Mm -hmm. and I was a big Mm -hmm. juicer. So I thought, well, hell, this isn't any different. Let me just go and, you know, it's all free here too. I'm so lucky. And uh, yeah, the, just through meditation and the universe had just guided me to do that. And that's why I say I'm really grateful for being in humble when something like that happened, because anywhere else it would have been different for me. Mm-hmm. And um, then I just chose, that's when I started really dialing in. I don't know if I answered your question. I'm sorry. Um, but I started dialing in. I started really dialing in once I was taking the juice on how it was affecting me because it couldn't do the RSL, right? Because it it would take me too far out. But then I was noticing that the juice was affecting me differently. So I was like, oh God, what are y'all growing? I need to make sure that whatever I'm juicing, even though it shouldn't be psychoactive to me, I have a serious nervous system issue and I need to, and this, that's a whole nother story. I've had epileptic seizures since I was mm. um, 19. So I've had oh, to wow. work, I've worked with cannabis with seizures as well, but wow. I was like, I have to really dial it in and I can't do the headband strains. Like, don't give me any more of those leaves. I can do the OG Kush. I can do like Northern Lights was my jam, like Three Kings. There were certain ones that I could mm. do. And so that's when I started like deciding I was going to start growing, you know, and I did it under a 215, which means you can have a hundred plants. Hell, that's plenty. 
because you grow yeah. plants. <laughs> you you grow plants as big as trees anyways. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, they're as big as a truck. So I mean, that was way more than I could handle. Um, so I started just doing that and choosing strains and cultivars that worked best. And that's what tipped me off to start really diving in to terpenes and cannabinoids and body systems. And luckily since then, I've helped thousands of patients find their way to their like preferred uh, cannabis fingerprint, if you will. And even still today, I, I like all about Northern Lights in, in pretty much anything. Um, I'm still yeah. geeking out on the fact that you juiced your way to it because yeah. I think that that's not something that's talked about enough in, especially in the cannabis world. Because you, I mean, you think cannabis, you're automatically looking for your oils, your flower, you know, you're not thinking about the leaves. The leaves are, it's something that you throw away. The trim. It's the trim, right. So, and even like trim, this is, I'm sure some of the leaves that you were juicing were like the the fat fan leaves, Mm -hmm. not just the little sugar leaves that still have trichomes or whatever on them. So it's like, you don't, if you are a person like yourself who can't, be in a psychoactive state, but you are having a a cancer scare or you have a cancer diagnosis, you can potentially look into juicing the leaves of a plant and receiving all of the same benefits that are being shown, you know, from the flower, from the oil, from the concentrates. And I, so I think just think that's a huge point. And even in a more distinct and better way, you are getting the acids, the live enzymes. Mm -hmm. And so it's the THCA, the THCVA. Those are the ones that helped me balance my whole entire system, right? Like Mm. I just was, was balanced because of those. So that's how I knew instinctively Mm. that the whole plant is the jam. When we start taking out and isolating. Ooh, jam? Can we start making cannabis jam? You can definitely you make say? cannabis jam. <laughs> but <laughs> when we start taking out and isolating compounds, that's great for research. Yeah. Keep that up. But don't you dare put that in anything that I'm going to consume and tell me it's good for something. Um, because the universe does it correctly the first time all the time. And I'm going to yeah. offend a lot of people who are making, you know, crappy isolated CBD bath bombs and sh- whatever. I don't care though. Um, the <laughs> point is the, you know, from hemp, right? Like, yeah. I don't care, but it, the point is, is that the universe has it done correctly in its own form. All you have to do is go find the cultivar that works best for you and start growing that shit yourself. That's it. That's it. If you can, if you're in a legal state, if you're not, then that's a whole nother thing. You know, wait a couple of years. Hopefully that'll change. But that's what we need to be looking at is doing the pro home grow and finding cultivars that work best for your grandmother, for your father, for your, you know, sibling, for your child and grow a couple of those plants and then make all sorts of medicine out of it. I mean, currently, like we just did a harvest and I make all my own medicine for myself and all my family members. Well, I mean, there's only like 10 of us, but like, you know, like, and still, I just make it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, I keep them in, you know, salves and tinctures and Mm -hmm. juices. Like I keep them stocked in all of that because that's what we're growing our plants for and smoke, you know, like good flowers are good flowers. And if you're growing organic and healthy, then you can use the leaves, the stems, 
the roots, you know, that's medicinal dehydrate those roots and those stems and make a tea out of that, make a medicinal boil tea to sleep, you know, put yourself to sleep in the evenings. If your terpenes have like linalool and myrcene, you know, if they're in, in another direction, then you want to adjust for having wake that up in the tea, daytime. Wake up tea, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To have it in the daytime. You know, I wouldn't be able to do headband or something like that or yeah. a mimosa or something at night. Um, <laughs> I would just be too buzzed from it. But there are some great cultivars that you can grow that you can sleep at night or help with arthritis. You know, pineapple upside down is an amazing one that we grew mm-hmm. for particular for arthritis. So that's what went into our topical salves. But we just need to be dialed in in that way and, and step into that type of education. Have you found one, two or three strains that are like very widely just kind of like great for everybody? Generalization. General, maybe <laughs> anti-inflammation that just, you know, general... Lots of people, you know, I've, I've written so many articles and I've been interviewed so many times on all of these, but the more I go into it, the more I dive into it, people's body systems are so completely different. Mm -hmm. So say for, say for example, like a sleep issue, a sleep issue, if you're a female and you have, you know, debt problems or something like that, your issues are going to be way different than someone who has a nervous system issue, who has something going on with the reproductive system. So if I say generalizing, this is going to be great for everything. We're talking about the difference between nervous system and hormones, just a little bit different, even though it's holistic. So I really encourage people to dive deeper and to look at their body systems, right? We have 11 body systems. Look at the body system that's creating the disease, disoma or discomfort and then find the terpene or the cannabinoid combo that works for that particular body system. I'm here to help, uh, but there's plenty of information. I mean, we're so lucky. It's right there at our fingertips. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for your work, first of all, because this it's like, <laughs> this is so needed. It's so needed. And all, it's very rare. And all of the research that is available and like, you know, whatever comes out of the research facilities is using, is using plants that are not to, to the quality of the street level plants. So for you to have all this information and for you to be working one-on-one with patients who, and, and finding the, these specific uh, fingerprints, like you say, for exactly what'll work for them. Like, it's just such important work. So thank you for doing it. Thank you. I enjoy it. I geek out on it. And I appreciate you for saying that. May I add one thing to your last question that of course has, okay, this is, this is what, and I'm just going to be transparent. This is what's kind of stopped me or slowed me from giving strain specifics for ailments these days, mm-hmm. because that was your question. And I avoided your question without telling you why. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you because of the market, there are so many mm-hmm. farmers And I don't know where it started. I don't know if it was the seed, the clone, the farmer, or the dispensary. Labeling plants incorrectly. Oh, yeah. I had, yeah. I had a patient patient like maybe four months ago. And I said, oh, go get this one particular strain. Or maybe six months ago, because I've been stopping talking about it. And I said, (laughs) "Go go get this particular strain, this cultivar. You smoke that. 
microdose smoking puff. She's 70, you know, microdose puppet. <laughs> and then tell me what you think. Let's talk back tomorrow. Wrong, completely wrong suggestion, but I learned from it. That dispensary or that farmer or that clone or seed producer was incorrect. Wow. They did have the, they did have the profile. They did have the COA. It was just not the right cultivar. Wow. It, so, 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 I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, I yeah. said to go get, I said to go get, you know, uh, granddaddy purple. Right. Right. Everybody said it's granddaddy purple. You smoke it. It's not granddaddy yeah. purple, you know? And unless you have a nose and a smell and a taste that is like a connoisseur, of sorts, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't know, know. you've never right. tried it before. So I asked the woman, you know, is it this color? Did it taste like this? Did, did it? No, 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 no. Well, hell, it's the wrong thing, you know? So that's why I'm avoiding talking about names because I also have been on the other end of selling cannabis and buying cannabis. I've been on that end too. And um, people will name things in order to sell for the market, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? If it's like, you know what, three years ago or whatever, it was Mac so big, Mac was so big. Well, everybody was growing Mac. Were you, Mm -hmm. were you though, were you, you know? And then everybody was growing cookies. Everybody was growing, were you? We had the Gorilla Glue and then the Gorilla Glue number four and then Gorilla Glue number five and then Gorilla Glue number eight or something. You know, it's it's like all the phenotypes that now flood the market. And how are you supposed to keep them straight? Yeah, exactly. and now everything's a so hybrid. So you can't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's like, are you really getting an act like actually a pure strain that you think that you're getting? Chances, if you're buying it from a dispense, like up here in Washington, who knows mm-hmm. what we're actually smoking? Honestly, Honestly, who knows what we bought? Cheetah piss. It's lemonade, oh gelato forty two, and London pound cake ninety seven. So who the fuck knows what is in this, you know, until, unless you're getting it tested and then that test is being applied to this container somehow. The specific bud also yeah. in your glass. So it's like at this point, and since we don't have a medical um, market here, it's really just anyone's guess. And it's the, it's yeah. like the grower who gets to name whatever weird hybrid strain that you just com- you came or up came up with yeah. because it has the highest yield the uh, testing the most the highest percentage frosty yeah whatever so the- it's like not even for medicinal reasons it's for marketing and money and all of these things mm-hmm. i'm glad you said that because that's what i was meaning but that- <laughs> totally yeah no 100 it's all especially without the medical market it's all about money up here and yeah like and that's why we should be able to grow our own because then we would actually know, theoretically, if you're buying seeds from the right person, we would know right. what you were growing or you would know that yeah. you were growing. And, you know, I don't want to give the false information that all growers or all totally. dispensaries are doing this because that's not true. You know, in my decade of work with patients, I only had that one. And then that's what stopped me um, mm-hmm. and redirected my education around it. And so you know, for those listeners or those viewers who are watching, here's a few tips. Can I give a few tips of how please, to find the right weed? Love a tip. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> make sure that you're supporting, if you're in a legal state, supporting a local farmer. Choose a couple good farmers who you can even go out to their farm and look around, or you know they're doing the right practices. Choose those farmers and have those in your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that those farm, how do you choose that? Make sure that those farmers are doing KNF practices, Korean natural farming techniques, mm -hmm. where they're doing sustainable land development, all the good stuff, like the good old school stuff. Make sure that they're doing organic um, when they're fertilizing, they're doing fermented tea, stuff like that. You don't have to dig in as much as I do, but it's important. It's really mm -hmm. important. And not just because we don't want chemicals in our body, which we're tired of hearing that because everybody knows that that's wrong. But <laughs> It's about the plant having the consistency because if a farmer has say a crop that they grow a particular strain of cultivar and they choose to do a particular fertilizer on it that year, you're, you're hooked on it, right? The next year they do a totally different fertilizer. That shit's going to be totally different. Mm -hmm. It just is. Mm -hmm. If it's grown in Northern California in a particular climate versus indoor on the East coast, it's going to be completely different. Even if it's totally the same different. exact strain, it's say it's the like same clone, like they cut clones and they take one there and they take one here. It's going to be grown differently. So make sure your farmer is growing full sun outdoor in good soil. That's regenerative. It's got all, you know, the microbes, all the good stuff, like do it correctly, like mm -hmm. choose it as much as you could possibly choose your organic tomatoes that you purchased at the farmer's market if you have that opportunity. Now, there are food deserts, and I know that's true. And there are also cannabis deserts, and I know that's true. So in those places, a McDonald's salad is the best you're going to get, and by God, you're going to be grateful for it. And that's mm -hmm. fine, right? I, I'm talking about the people who have the availability mm -hmm. and are in those states to support you know, hashtag craft cannabis, mm -hmm. yeah. do it because it's very, very important. That's one step closer to you getting the right cultivar, the right seed, the right strength for your body system to make it medical. And then also step in to making your own medicine, growing your own medicine. Like that education is so needed. And to me, it's vast, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm around it all the time. But as I travel, I recognize people are just on different levels of education and so the Cannabis Holistic Institute helps people with that. But those are just a handful of few things, you know, and if you still have questions, contact your local dispensary, get the COAs. If it doesn't have a COA and there's no testing, do not consume it. Mm -hmm. You know, just don't, mm, I mean, rule. unless it's your, mm -hmm. unless it's your neighbor or your right. friend and they're growing it and they're showing off their bud and they've grown right. it well, then hell smoke it, do whatever you want with it. But if you're buying it, Mm -hmm. You just never know. So just, mm -hmm. just do your education, mm -hmm. get your ducks in a row, know what you're doing, microdose, just like you would do with anything else. So those are just some tips. So we're not at a loss. We just need to be educated on how to choose. Totally. And once we start asking the bud tenders, if enough people ask about COAs, ask about how the farm is like the farm practices, if enough people start asking them, enough of them will start asking the farmers. So then yeah. 
the farmers will, it's like, it's a trickle up situation. It's like holding uh, each other to higher standards. Exactly. And supply and demand. So since we, it's so hard to get a COA now, if we keep asking for COAs, then someone theoretically will be like, oh, somebody, people keep talking about COAs and they come in every day. So maybe we should start putting COAs into a binder so we can show our customers the COA Mm -hmm. because it's important to one person. If it's important to one person, it's important to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And I also love this conversation for the states that are still illegal because as they Mm -hmm. gain their their own uh, legal cannabis movement in their state, they can make sure that they're growing around principles like these. So that they can keep their farmers and their processors totally. and their geneticists to high standards so that we can make sure that COAs are accessible so that we can, mm-hmm. you know, have access to all the information, we, you know, whatever. So yeah, all of this is important. Fully agree. Legal or not. Fully agree. And there are some states who are newly legal within the last few years who are mm-hmm. doing an amazing job. Oh like gosh, I'm blown yeah. away. Uh, my home state is Oklahoma, so I mm. spend a portion of time there, and I've been able to go to some of the farmers markets they have there and do some speaking events and do some of their mm. cannabis cup things. They'll, they got they got it going on. They know what's up. They've got some really good weed, and they have all the information that you need. You say, where's the COA? Here you go. This is what we put in it. We have, um, I just talked with it, and this is the same practices that, you know, like are right up there with Humboldt. Um, I had a farmer that was showing me around his farm. This is in Oklahoma. And um, he did different fermentation batches of tea for different cultivars. So, so let me expand on that for just a second. So say there was like a Northern berry or something with more berry flavors or a blueberry, even he would ferment blueberries in the tea and then feed it so the terpenes from the actual blueberries were feeding that plant now this guy is a genius yeah yeah so the plants the cultivars that had terpenes in combination with bananas he'd make a whole different batch of fermented tea with bananas and feed that one bananas so when you smelled those buds it was like Oh my God. And we smoked some Clementine stuff and it just oh blew my, it was God. the best I'd ever had. Um, ish. It was the best I'd ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like of Clementine, of Clementine, yeah. that one particular cultivar, but the smell and the taste in the aroma, and I'm like, what are you doing? What's mm-hmm. going on here? And he said that he was composting, um, citrus, he would just make batches of citrus and that's what he was doing. So he was doing wow. KNF practices, Korean natural farming practices. And I had one of my friends who was a photographer for, the, for our school to come that weekend from Humboldt and he's a connoisseur. So he was like smoking and like, he's from Brazil too. So he's smoking and he's saying, this is grown differently. It has like, well, I can't even do his accent, but <laughs> he was like, this is, this has more of an iron taste. And I was like, how in the hell do you know that? But he's, he's a connoisseur because he smokes right. weed all over the world. And because there's more iron content in the soil in Oklahoma, that cultivar had more of an iron taste. Wow. It was just, it was, yeah. So if we're like on that level, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, you know, so he, needless to say, there that was probably the only one that kind of passed his test. 
of being a cannabis connoisseur there. But you know, th the point is, is that it really, really matters how it's grown, what we're feeding it, where it's grown. Um, not even, you know, discussing vibrations or frequency of how it's grown. You know, I, I don't want to get too deep into that, but I definitely sang mantras. It's a whole other episode. It's yeah, a whole other world. But, <laughs> but I was singing mantras with all my plants. Like I just sang vibrational frequency because I was healing myself and I wanted them to heal me too. So I sang, um, yeah, Kundalini yoga mantras to them. And I was like, y'all bitches better heal me. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> y'all bitches better heal me. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, <laughs> no, it was like a lot more like, I'm an um, but you know, my thoughts were like, y'all better, you're like, cause I just walked away from three of my friends who were doctors who were like, you're going to die. Um, so, well, kind of, yeah. that's what they yeah. said. but, um, anyhow. I, I survived and that's a bunch of stories for you ladies. I'm I so sorry that. to share my coffee oh, no. is kicking in. My cannabis coffee is kicking in, obviously. Love nice. it. That's how our, our minds work. Anyway, we ping from a yeah. hundred different points, <laughs> but I just, I love that. Me too. I wish, see, I know, um, Raven grass up here in Washington. They're in, out of Tacoma. They, I don't know if they wrote this bill, but they are really <clears throat> um, involved in the home grow bill that, that they're trying to like give to our government up here. Home grow is illegal in Washington. Yeah. Except for medical patients, which we mm -hmm. have. A, okay. So we have a medical situation where medical patients can grow, but recreational people cannot grow, but our dispensaries are all the same wild i just so i just wild. read something about this this morning actually go on I'd yeah love to know. so i know ravengrass and the guy that owns that he's really big into keeping craft cannabis alive in washington and making home grow available for people in washington for everybody in washington and i don't remember what the bill is but everybody should go on to ravengrass's instagram and support them because they're they're doing the, the lord's work up here mm -hmm. But that's really all I have to say about it. <laughs> but there are people up here who are trying to keep craft cannabis alive. And I, I think like with the beer culture from Washington and the craft, uh, uh oh, okay, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Um, and the craft culture of beer and wine and now weed, I think it's a no brainer that Washington keeps their craft cannabis around because people are asking for it. People want to know where they, the plant was grown, how they're grown good, and everything about it. But there's also a huge part of people who want to just buy weed to buy weed. Well, Washington state, I think was unique in its structure and that it specifically outlawed money, like financial investments from out of state mm -hmm. corporations. Yes. So we're not having an issue right now with the, you know, what are those called? MSOs. MSOs multi-state operations mm -hmm. that um are popping up in illinois and um, nevada yeah, yeah. california so that's kind of a neat thing about washington is that we are able we have a little bit more protection for craft cannabis but it's it's still i don't know it's not quite yeah. it yet you know like there's there could be more the home growth thing definitely needs to be addressed and that's something that's been coming up on the ballot for like five years people yeah. have been trying to change that rule in washington but are you looking at it I'm looking I mean, it's yeah. really it's up to each one of us as consumers 
and purchasers and supporters of the cannabis movement to step in with Mm -hmm. our dollars, with our voice, with what, um, you know, farms we choose to support, what products we invest in, like all of that. It's really up to us. And, um, you know, we're not just trying, we're doing. You said something about, you know, your person up there was trying. No, they're doing. And and that's, that's really important that we back people who are, um, they just see it. They see the, you know, they see the goal. They, they see long-term benefit and health. And and that's the end goal is -hmm. if we're really that specific about how we purchase, then we can move on to the next step, which is how do we educate each person to be able to grow their own? That's like, that's the, that's the long-term goal. It's not about purchasing from, you know, big cannabis industry for the rest of your life. Then you're just like in the same loop as pharmaceuticals. We don't want that. We Mm -hmm. want to step out of that loop and educate people to what's going to help them, you know? So anyways, and even just like empowering people, like that's such a huge Mm -hmm. thing about also what you've been talking about and how you work with your patients is empowering people to find exactly what works for them instead of accepting what the options, what options are out there, you know, like so much of you know, trying to figure out your pharmaceutical cocktail is, I mean, I guess it's very similar to figure out your cannabis cocktails by trying different things mm-hmm. and seeing what works, but, but there's way less side effects with cannabis. <laughs> you know, there's a, a lot less unknowns with cannabis. Especially so. if we microdose and we yeah. know what's in it, right? Um, that's going to be so much more beneficial. And if you find something that works for you, that's absolutely wonderful. I know I found things to work for almost every element and discomfort within my own body from PTSD to nervous system, to seizures, to, you know, the cancer scare, to balancing my hormones. I mean, you name it. I've, I've been able to find and uh, literally cultivate a plant for myself that works well. And luckily I've been able to share that with other people. That's amazing. So going back to your cannabis journey, I'm kind of curious about how cannabis influenced your spiritual journey, if it ever. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, This is a great question because I was on, I've always been on a spiritual journey. I'm a Pisces. uh, I'm an indigenous, indigenous human, um, right? So we have so much background and uh, I've always been on a spiritual spiritual journey and cannabis has been an intricate part of that journey at a certain point in time in my life because it was I've always been into cannabis I mean I was born with cannabis probably in my system I was born in the late 70s Um, my parents (laughs) were really into it so I'm pretty certain it was you know it's just in my DNA but when I started really using it not just for fun or not just for medicine, but started doing it for realignment Mm. mentally and to connect. There was a place there where Kundalini yoga was a big part of my alignment. Let me share that. And Kundalini yoga and cannabis don't really go together from the text of the Kundalini yoga. Well, that didn't bother me any because I was doing (laughs) both and I didn't care. Um, but I, you know, I understand what Yogi Bhajan, the, the creator of Kundalini Yoga, I understand what they were talking about for that time frame. but I was just a different person in a different era and it worked out. Mm-hmm. 
So I was finding that different cultivars and different strains, and this happened. Oh my God. Can I tell you this little quick story? Cause it's so funny. Please. And I don't know if I've shared it with anyone else, except for my friends and family, but I was asked to do the, um, what was it? I, it was like a cannabis cup and I can't mm. remember what cannabis cup it was. Is that a pure and humble? Oh, I'm sorry about remembering the name of it. Um, I'll feel more bad for for the people that ran it. But anyways, uh, <laughs> they asked me to be a uh, cannabis judge, like the, a judge. And this was back in the day. And I was like, oh my God, yay. I was like, yes, I will. Of course I will. Um, so they gave me like 10 different cultivars in like little baggies. And they asked me to go and just have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Telling me like rate them, blah, blah, blah. blah. Well, at the time I was really into purples. I mean, I still am into perps. So those were the ones I was going to smoke first. And um, (laughs) I told my, ended up telling my brother about it. Well, he wanted in on the action. And um, so my brother and I, and a couple friends, we took a little weekend trip and the whole, this was the whole entire thing. That whole weekend from start to finish was just us trying out those different cultivars and we would like sit and really judge it like real judges and we would sit there and we would talk about it for like two hours and some of them were really introspective and some of them were really like way I went way 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 far into a whole nother galaxy and so it was really interesting to try that many different cultivars in such a short period of time and also have two or three other people to communicate about those effects. It was just a genius. I suggest everybody try that um, safely, right? I'm not suggesting <laughs> any kind of illegal activity, but try that if you want to. It's fun. Um, so in that time frame, it helped me realize like, whoa, I can use these certain cultivars to have a real shaman, shamanic experience. And that's when I started really diving into like White Widow um, Northern Lights, this, there's some like earthy, earthy shaman ones. And I was like, okay, I'm really into these. And so that's kind of what started my spirituality culture with them is not just know, like not just having a good time with them, but really studying them in a couple days and understanding, like just having one after another, after another, like, you know, you only, we did two hours span. So we set the timer. Okay, is everybody down? Let's let's try another one. You know, we just do that for two hours. <laughs> it was so great. So and I think that's what helped me realize, okay, <laughs> with that one, I did tons and tons of exercises and we were cooking and we were engaged. This other one, I just set out on the balcony. All of us set out on the balcony and watched the ocean for two hours and really thought there were aliens out there. Like just different, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. really different broad experiences with the same technically with the same plant Mm -hmm. it was it was incredible so I hope that that gives a little light to how I've used cannabis uh to connect with my spirituality Mm -hmm. because I've chosen the particular cultivars that took me to the level I wanted to go to. Now, did I smoke all of it? No, I don't do that anymore. I take a microdose, a little puff and do meditation or whatever I need to do. Or maybe sometimes just take some time out of life. Sometimes you need just a time out or you know, everybody has their own rituals that they use. I use, you know, so much cannabis. It's unreal, but 
but for spirituality purposes and linking in that way and just clearing your mind and getting a different view on what you as a human and your ego may think is so concerning that you have such a bad day, it's dreadful or something that no longer happens. Well, it never really did happen to me, but it no longer happens to me. I don't let it because that can just change your view so quickly. And, and having that practice now, you don't even need to use cannabis to do that because your mind's ready to flip to the next thing. Like, Oh, no, we're going we're gonna to be positive today. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of that way, but absolutely choose to use cannabis for um, spiritual reasons. I mean, it's the oldest plant on the planet. I mean, it's meant for reasons, you know, in ancient cultures, um, they use it as a spiritual piece. Mm-hmm. And we have classes on spirituality and cannabis and, um, I'm on clubhouse often. So we have, I'm in spiritual cannabis rooms. And so there's a lot there, but hopefully that's, that kind of wraps up. I told you so many fun stories, it's more fun for me to relive them from, than for you to hear them probably. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. That, was, that I feel like I have had a similar relationship with cannabis a couple years ago where I was able to just like buy a bunch of different stuff. And within that, I was able to learn about myself because consuming different things makes you feel different things. So you have to look inward at yourself on how you're feeling because of those things, which in turn, you're just thinking about yourself in, you know, like, I don't, this is very confusing, but no, I get get exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. You're self-reflecting and it's, and by taking out a weekend and trying out all 10 of those strains, you self-reflected in two hours pieces, different parts of yourself because you were consuming Mm. different parts of, or different strains of the plant that made you think inward anyway. So it was just like mm-hmm. different mirrors. Exactly. Give you different perspectives. And, and it was like the best. Makeup. Yeah. And it was the best cannabis in the world at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, because I was judging a cup. Yeah. So it was like the best weed. And so I don't know if I'll ever, well, well maybe I'll get another experience like that. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still fun. It's still fun to try to do that. So it, you know, even past that, I would always keep, um, a a plethora of different cultivars, ones that I knew that would ground me, ones that I knew Mm. that would, you know, help encourage a Sunday afternoon creative walk. Um, you know, like I, I just would keep those and then I would able be able to choose what I wanted. And I do suggest people to start looking at it like that. If you're into cannabis in that way, start looking at taking all these pieces that you and I have shared and um, that we've shared together and make your own journey with cannabis. It is helpful. It's extremely helpful when used correctly. And when you go into it, knowing what you're wanting from it. That's amazing. hundred percent. Where do people go to find people like you to work with? Well, it depends. Um, if you're in Humboldt County, you can just walk down the street. Um, I, <laughs> most people in Humboldt County know where they can find me right here in Arcata. Um, I will, you, I will if, come find you. I love Arcata. Oh, On a side same. note, if I could move oh, yeah. anywhere, it would be Arcata. Yeah. So I, I will come up knocking on your door one of these days. Okay. No, we come visit before, me. Yes. We were talking before we were recording that 
Oh no, I guess we were, might've talked about this a little bit, but we we're planning on this whole overland nomadic adventure. And I yes. was telling my partner about our conversation today and you know a little bit about what you do. And I was like, we might just like go visit her and she might be like our family practice doctor. So <laughs> just do be, be aware of that. <laughs> yes, let's do it. And and we can, we haven't talked about van life and we may not have the chance, but um, you and I can talk about van life off, off air if you'd like. And um, man, I just take my little van all over. It. I traveled to 25 states this year in my little van, God. solo van lifing with my yeah. with my Good lovely dog. companion, my Love lovely it. companion <laughs> Riley. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the lovely one. Um, but yes, if people want to find me, I'll get back to that for a moment. If you mm-hmm. you both yes, can come yes. and visit me, uh, if people are wanting to find me, they can find me across all platforms. Um, I'm at drpepperhernandez.com and then across all platforms, be it, you know, TikTok or Clubhouse or Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Pretty easy on the marketing specter. You can just find me. Um, and then if you would like to find out more about the Cannabis Holistic Institute and be educated by some of what I consider the most leading experts in the organic um, outdoor cannabis field you can find that over at the cannabis holistic institute or through my website as well um i think that's about it yeah that's I mean, people can reach out and i'm all over podcasts and i have my own the quantum alignment one that we talked about or the maybe before the show but we talked about that one um and i'm a cannabis expert on a couple other you know just doing hosts there but yeah reach out if you feel um connected or you want to dial in on anything um, be a student or be a client or patient. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so good. We really appreciate you knocking on our door and (laughs) giving us so much cannabis knowledge. We really appreciate you. Oh, thank you ladies or gals, I guess you're the chronic gals. All right. Oh my gosh. Isn't she so cool? That conversation was so enriching. It was so good. It was so good. I feel like the soil of my soul is like full of things. Dr. Pepper. Of Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) And her name is so cute. I know. I love everything about her. Yeah. Um, But... We're going to smoke some weed. Welcome back to our outro intro. Intro, outro. 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 We are doing things a little bit different because our conversation with Dr. Pepper was so enriching that we figure we had thing we have things to say about. We like stopped recording and then we're talking about the whole interview again and had additional thoughts. thoughts. So we have some pot thoughts. We have pot thoughts. About our pots. About our pots. Um, so, yeah. So, we're going to smoke some more weed. Whoop, whoop. I already have some loaded up. Yeah. I shouldn't have taken off my stand. Um, y'all should smoke some more weed. And we're going to kind of talk about what we talked about. Um, first, we need to find, find a lighter. lighter. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Second. <laughs> um, so... With our interview with Dr. Pepper, we had talked about um, kind of the best practices when choosing cannabis or when consuming cannabis. I don't know if that's a really good generalization of kind of what we talked about. We talked about a lot. We talked about a lot, but you just listened to it. So basically, we had talked about how she had mentioned 
that sometimes what you can what you buy in a dispensary is not what is actually labeled like things get mislabeled somewhere along the way it doesn't always happen but and sometimes it's not even it happens like anybody's fault it's right. just like <clears throat> some and it's not it's like just an industry practice is that people think what you know they they have they think they have what they're told that they have and what are you like nobody's gonna look there is not a current practice to go in and look at the chemical makeup of an individual plant and find out like the terpene right. breakdown the cannabinoid that's just not something that is done right now especially as a lay person who doesn't know everything about weed like her example was granddaddy purple with her patient and it turned out to not it turned be out that. to not be that and then i brought up cheetah piss um and we're just gonna okay first disclaimer of about everything that we're gonna say after this point this is not we're not coming for any one brand this no. is a washington industry-wide situation that i think we could be better at and this is not we're not coming for anybody we just feel like we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings right we're just trying to talk about something and yeah hang up on spam callers yeah and lemon cove california i got two uh, calls from idaho earlier for those who aren't watching anyway. Riley just got a spam call another sorry one, whatever yeah get so we're not coming. telemarketers <laughs> yeah that is their life i know how sad anyway we're not coming for anybody. This is purely out of love and out of innovation and evolution. Wanting, yeah, everything to take the next step forward. Yes. And we're, you're not going to know what the feedback right. is if nobody gives you the feedback. Exactly. So this is our feedback being relatively educated consumers. Right. And it comes from love. And the only reason my tone might get sharp is because I've had a lot of caffeinated liquids. She's an Aries moon. And I'm an Aries moon. And a Scorpio And rising. a Scorpio rising. And, and a Taurus. Yeah. So I'm just intense. <laughs> so just know that the tone is out of love and not out of like pure frustration, which it also is out of. But that's it's it's all love. But it's not for anyone. Right. Person. Right. Company. Everybody could do this better. Is, yeah. We're all trying our hardest. I understand the limitations of what reality is. Yeah, some like some of these farms don't even have the resources for a person to even run their own website. Right. Like sometimes it's a blessing just to have a strain, like an updated strain list on a farm's right. website. We're recognizing that this is still we're all trying to figure things out. Yeah, all out of love. All out of love. So, what is our gripe? Anyway, <laughs> um, oh my god, I should have loaded this before we ended that. Here, let me. All you can. I can do that for you because okay. I know you have things to say. Okay. Out so, of love. Out of love. Out of love and life. But also we need to look at our shadows or else we won't evolve. Okay. So within the episode that you just listened to, <laughs> we are so psycho. <laughs> <laughs> so psycho. Um, I brought up this sample, this, um, example was kind of just a perf just perfect for what we were talking about we were talking about it is very very pretty pretty. hold it up to the camera so i brought up cheetah piss because the genetics um by art i don't know it's by artisan but this isn't about artisan okay cheetah piss um 
It's a hybrid. The genetics on the jar is lemonade, gelato 42, and London pound cake 97. What does that even actually mean to us as a consumer that, I mean, we're fortunate enough to be educated, but our education only goes so far as how, like, how in-depth the internet is, which also doesn't even, like, touch what this actual bud is, because we, when we were talking to Dr. Pepper, this could be, like, two clones could come together, get separated, be grown in Washington, and then be grown in Humboldt County, and they would be completely two different, they would come out as two different phenotypes, correct? Right, they would... They could come out with completely different growing characteristics. Right. Like physical characteristics. Right. Because of the soil, the growing growing conditions, who it was, the vibe it was around. All of these things are a contributing factor in how this cannabis is grown. So when I go and look up genetics, my go-to website that I trust the most is Leafly. And then if I can't find it on Leafly, then I try and find other websites. But I usually go to Leafly. The explanation of what the genetic is on Leafly is only a piece of the actual puzzle to what the genetics could, or like what the the experience could be from that strain. The physical, like what actually grew. Right. What actually it, it came out of. So the person on Leafly could be reviewing Granddaddy Purple that was grown in Seattle or whatever. And then I just bought a Granddaddy Purple that was grown in Tacoma from a different who and who even knows what brand they're reviewing or who's you know this is all general information anyway. What brand of seeds or clone you mean? Right. Yeah. So at this point in where we are in the cannabis game, just pl- putting genetics on a jar isn't enough information for me, the consumer, to be able to understand the cannabis fingerprint that f- makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. So if I know that l- linalool and THCA are a really good combination for me to go to sleep and I need a like a lavender type strain for sleep and I can't find a lavender type strain at the dispensaries or there is a lavender but it's like the linalool the the terpene profile is smaller than what i need and the cannabinoids are different and like all of these variables that are, are so variable within one strain of weed one cultivated strain of weed <coughs> it's like super hard for anybody to even under like figure out how to medicate themselves right All of that to be said is that we just need to do a better job at labeling the weed and giving the information to the consumer about what is actually in the jar. So what kind of, what is the information they may actually want on the jar? It's like the terpene breakdown of what is going to be inside the jar, right? We want to know what is actually, when I bought this jar, what is going to be in there? And... In theory, all of that information can be found on the COA. I'm pretty sure, like, the COAs have the breakdown of the cannabinoids, of the terpenes. Maybe not, like, every single one, (coughs) but uh, it at least says what's in there. It it says what it picks up. 
Right. So with every batch, either make the COAs more readily available where you're scanning a QR code on the label mm -hmm. or on your website. On the website. Yeah. Like, for example, again, not picking on Artisan just because this is this is just a really, a really, really good, good example. example. Artisan, if you go to their website, they do have an up to date strain list of everything that they have available right now. And Cheetah Piss is what which is what we have here is an option on there. And it does say, you know, kind of the physical effects that you may be feeling from this strain, which is great. I but don't think I, it was even that far. It I didn't think, say the terpenes. I think it just no, says, like, it, it would was, make you feel. Um, oh, it was the scents. Yeah. The strain will hit you with the flavor of lemon, floral, and sweet cream. So it was a flavor profile, which is a piece of the puzzle because you can assume things about. Terpenes, you can you, know, you, you can narrow it down right from that um but, but you can also attach your coa to this website for page the current batches for the current batches that are out there because the batch number should be on this label yeah right yeah that's like that number um or ub number ubi number or yeah yeah i think it's, it's one UBI. of those no the ubi is the, the is that like the business so like yeah probably that, this probably that one yeah there's definitely a number that identifies the batch that you could put onto your website so we can know a, an example of a brand that is doing this well is extractioneering they're from In ashland oregon. oregon we've talked about them go back to our episode with razia she's amazing but they are very they on their packaging they have um, terpene profile, cannabinoid percentage, how it's going to smell, how it's going to taste or like make you feel. Their packaging is very... And a QR code to their COA for that batch. Yes. And a QR code back to their website that has their COA and everything you need to know about it, where it was grown, the farm it was grown, like all of that information is on their website. So it's possible, everybody. It's doable. It's doable. If you have a website that, if you have somebody already uploading current strain list too that person can also upload the coa that you have to have anyway yeah for your batch just to make it available to everybody and again recognizing that for these big companies yeah you're putting out a ton of product and yeah you're going to be dealing with a ton of coas but once you're also once you're dealing at that level you should have you the should resources have a marketing to back person it up and yeah and like staff like that foundation yeah taken care of 100 percent so, but again, like we're all learning, right? We, this is the feedback because for, for like conversations with Dr. Pepper, for, there are people out there who are looking for very specific terpene information. And this is really the, how we should be, how we should be educating our, you know, how we should be educating, educating customers. What, mm -hmm. if you work in a dispensary or just as a consumer, how we should be educating when you want to find that specific effect. You have to know what terpenes you're going for. And with the cannabinoids. Exactly. Um, titration. Titration. The word of 2022. Oh, my gosh. No, that, yeah, 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 probably. Titration. <laughs> Titrate yourselves, folks. Um, but what, what, do we, what do we think about this cheetah piss? I was actually strain? going to say, it, I really, really like it. I do, too. <laughs> it's zipping me around, yeah. giving me real opinions about things. <laughs> And I really, really like it. Like, yeah. this is a perfect work um, meeting. Uh, work session. Strain, you know, this is great. Yeah. Good recommendation from Gal at the Herbery Chocolove. 
Yeah, I like I it. I don't remember her name, but shout out her. I did want to... Um, there are some brands in Washington that do put their terpene profile. Cool, we should find them. Noble Farms mm. and... Does it? Blue Roots. We'll have to get a more solid list for y'all. Those are the top. Those are the two that I can think of right now. Maybe Constellation Cannabis. Oh, yeah. Maybe them. They just do concentrates. I think actually, well, they do concentrated pre-rolls. I think they were selling flour last year, like the best little nuggies. Nice. Of their batch. Word. Okay. <coughs> but yeah cool so thanks for listening to my more thoughts about that this is really good weed anyway so see not even a cancel moment no and this is not our intention at all never our intention to cancel anybody this is about community this was really good i would recommend this to anybody who needed to be social yeah, good party strain. Good party strain. Hell yeah. I could go dancing right now. Yeah. Artist is 30 Art- bucks or oh. 35 bucks maybe. I don't remember. Not bad. What is this, an eighth? An eighth. It's not bad. Yeah. Thanks, Artisan. Thanks, Artisan. This was great. All right, y'all. No, I'm also oh. just, well, I mean, we can also sign off. No, no, no. T- please. I am just curious what, How like, y- the, the Venn diagram of lemonade gelato 42 and london pound cake yeah we need to have someone in here to talk genetics with I us know. because when you have three parents this isn't this isn't a co-parenting situation like i don't right. understand i would yeah and there's there's like so oh. many different ways that that those they could be combined right and that was my other point in the part in the episode in this uh fucking interview was that was like why these three together that was my other question that sounded like i was coming at them which is i'm not coming at them i'm just curious why these three together i guess the high is great oh yeah for sure the high is great but like are we specifically choosing strains because they happen to be the highest yield the best producer i'm just curious i just want to know you know which i think a lot of times the answer is yes and but also it's a good strain that gets you high i'm sure that there's like for a long time yeah a like a syllabus that it has to hit like a you know square no a rubric rubric Rubric. yeah i'm thinking of like i don't know it's a shape but like leans more this way but not this way oh yeah yeah yeah, you know like yeah 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 like one of those polygons yeah 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 totally but anyway thanks everyone for listening to us (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks we love you if you have any um recommendations for pot thoughts or farm thoughts i don't know we're we're working on that let us know email us we like to review things Mm -hmm. um clearly we have things to say about things especially when you get some cheetah piss in us yeah seriously cheetah piss i'm getting get the aggro i get the not even aggro i mean i I feel speedy it's passionate yeah like i get i get the name oh the the cheetah part part, but i feel the cheetah part isn't there like a cat piss strain like isn't that i think so yeah maybe a terpene that smells like cat piss or something like that yeah i think that's a thing so cheetah piss Okay, we gotta go. All right. All right. Catch you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Two weeks, whatever.
awesome. Visit our website, chronicgals.com, for show notes of current and past episodes. Follow us on Instagram at chronicgals underscore podcast to check out what crazy things we're up to. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the video versions of these episodes. And make sure you hit the like button and the notification button to get notified when we post a new video. Rate, review, and share our hilarious podcast. You didn't do the thing with me. Oh, sorry. Hilarious. <laughs> because the best recommendation is from people you trust. See ya. Bye. Bye.